Hello and welcome to the Americano podcast, a series of discussions about American politics and the Trump presidency for the New Spectator USA website. I'm joined today by Anne Coulter, the celebrated American conservative commentator and author of her latest book is Resistance is Futile, How the Trump-Hating Left Lost Its Collective Mind. Now, Anne, I think that title probably seems pretty apt to you today, right, in light of these Kavanaugh hearings. Yes. Well, let's just hope it is futile, which it's looking like it will be right now, but we'll it, see. It looks like he's got the votes, right? Kavanaugh's got the votes. Yes, yes. It, that's what it looks like now. But they really, this is so, so extreme. It's all about Roe v. Wade, abortion. Um, and the great thing about when that when that case is overturned is abortion isn't going to suddenly be illegal in America. It'll be decided by the states. I promise you abortion will never be illegal in the state of New York or California or at least a dozen, probably 30 other states. There'll be a few restrictions. Every, every you know, parental notification law won't have to go to the Supreme Court. But this is all about abortion. And that's why the, what these hearings that ought to be rather boring have become these huge World War III battles. This is how the left wins, wins basically laws that they can't get people to pass in a democracy. That's how they got abortion. That's how they got gay marriage. I mean, gay marriage, it just happens as a matter of fact. It was voted on by about 34 states, rejected nearly every place, including in very left-wing California, very left-wing Oregon, so this has been a pattern for about 40 years. That is what has made what, was supposed, what is supposed to be really kind of a boring part of government. The Supreme Court, judges deciding cases, they've turned into our philosopher kings, and that's why we've had the, the Bork case and uh, Clarence Thomas, and now this with Judge Kavanaugh. I don't know if you followed the details over there. We have but a I bit, think we have, yeah. I mean, it's been very, it's been very interesting, and I think exactly as you say, I mean, people who are pro-life tend to believe him and people who are pro-choice tend to believe her. It's, and it, it, it's so sort of obvious that there's this huge... I think you once said abortion is the, the nuclear core issue of, the, of American liberalism. Yeah, well, it is now. And I think, I mean, in defense of the pro-lifers, at this point, I don't even care that much. But you can't have charges from 36 years ago remembered for the first time when Judge Kavanaugh is first being discussed for the Supreme Court with absolutely no evidence to back it up, no possibility. She doesn't even remember what year it happened. She does not remember where it happened. Her best friend, who she claims was at the party with her, says, I don't know Judge Brett Kavanaugh. I did not know him. I don't think I was ever at a party with him. The other three witnesses there, absolutely no evidence. And we have all of these shysters coming forward, the gang rape claims and the attack on a boat. Some of these have already been withdrawn. Some um, are so obviously false that no one's taking them seriously. But to be piling all this on, when Kavanaugh's name was first introduced, Democrats said, Chuck Schumer, senator from New York, said, we will stop this nomination, whatever it takes. Senator, Democratic senators on the Judiciary Committee called him evil, said millions of women will die if he's on the Supreme Court. So we knew this was going to be World War III. We didn't know what they were going to pull. And I don't think it is just pro-lifers. I mean, I think a lot of people, and especially not only, not only men, but anyone who knows men, anyone who has a father or a brother, 
to have a charge like this, especially coming from the party that defended Teddy Kennedy, the entire Kennedy family right now, Keith Ellison, Democratic representative from Minnesota, is accused by his mistress of beating him, of beating her, excuse me, and she has 911 calls to back it up. She at least has evidence. Do you hear anything about that? Oh, no, 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 no. It's, it's the idea, uh, we talk about lady justice, and justice is blind. The idea is there are a certain set of rules, and it doesn't matter who the accuser is. It doesn't matter who the accused is. The left, I think, far more than the right, has been moving in this direction for some time, where the only question is, who's accused and who's doing the accusing, and we'll decide whether, whether he's guilty or not. Well, one thing I thought uh, watching it was that uh, in Britain, our hearings and, and uh, commissions and things like that tend to be extremely boring and dull. This was <laughs> gripping TV, but it was also hideous and awful. And I felt quite grateful for once. I'm normally very pro-American, but I felt quite grateful for once that we don't have these awful reality TV. I mean, every single <laughs> senator, and I even think on the right too, every single senator seemed to be desperate for their, their great moment where they sort of said the thing that everybody was going to be talking about. And do you find it a bit depressing as an American watching that? I found it hilarious that most of the hearing was Democrats quizzing the nominee to be on the Supreme Court about fart jokes in his high school yearbook, (laughs) about whether he likes beer. I mean, the fact that so much of it was over, and incidentally, I don't know if you do this in England, we do this in our yearbooks, and I remember from when I was in high school, and I'm about the same age as as Judge Kavanaugh, so I distinctly remember parents, teachers, administrators in high school begging us not to put the inside jokes under our high school profiles. You first, at least in my high school, you start with, you know, a quote, something nice that you have, and then you put in all your little your little jokes and references to your friends that only you guys get. And every year they say, you know, this just trashes it up. You're going to look back in 20 years and be embarrassed. Just leave it with the quote. And we always insist on putting our little inside jokes in. <laughs> Maybe this will be the end of the inside jokes on, in your book. What's the, what what was the word? Boofing? Boffing? Boofing? Is it boofing? I'd, I'd never heard that word before, but that was a serious discuss, discussion yesterday by the Senate. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. But why are they concentrating so much on Brett Kavanaugh's beer drinking and fart jokes? Because there really isn't anything to this to this allegation. And I'll also say I thought this absolutely from the beginning, being most charitable to Dr. Ford. Everyone says, oh, why would you do this? Well, because... She is, she is adamantly opposed to Kavanaugh being on the Supreme Court. She is a pussy hat wearing Trump opponent. She might be someone who's trying to stop him from being on the Supreme Court. She also has collected about a million dollars in a GoFundMe campaign. She will be a heroine. So I think that's kind of a silly argument. Why would she do this? But get most charitably to her, imagining she really believes this, I can tell you as a public figure, memories, there's something about memory where public figures, people you knew when you were kids who then end up semi-famous, they suddenly get inserted into your memory. I mean, I've had probably, seriously, at least a dozen boys claim to have dated me at Cornell whom I absolutely did not date. So it's not even always a bad story. I've heard, I've had radio hosts tell me, oh, I know somebody who was at law school with you and told me about this hilarious exchange, hilarious exchange between you and Professor Yale Kamisar in criminal procedure class. He goes through the whole exchange and I say, I never took a class with Yale Kamisar. 
you just get inserted in people's memories. So most charitably to her, she was sexually assaulted. She sees Brett Kavanaugh. She inserts him into the story. But there is no evidence that it was Brett Kavanaugh. It's also, I mean, I'm no psychologist, but it's also possible that if she has a sort of deep hatred of the right, and she and it is a false memory, as psychologists call it, false memory, that, that she would imagine it, it was a right-wing figure. Yes, as, and we've had plenty of examples of that in the very recent past. Remember Lena Dunham of that hideous HBO show, Girls? I do, She claimed well, that yeah. she was raped by a right-wing boy at Brandeis College, and, and she gave enough descriptions of, them, of him so that he was identifiable and threatened to sue her. Her, her book had to be, I think it was in a book, and it had to be corrected, apologized. He was threatening to sue. Never happened. And, of course, recently in this country, well, you guys just had last year a woman who was convicted of falsely accusing 15 men of rape. We have the, well, Tawana Brawley case, to go back to one of Al Sharpton's greatest hits, the Duke lacrosse team, Rolling Stone magazine accusing an entire fraternity at UVA of a gang rape. Oh, Dominique Strauss-Kahn, not a stand-up fellow, and yet he did not rape the maid at the Sofitel Hotel in New York. We've had so many public examples of this, and the media and the Democrats completely believed it. Oh, there was, uh, what's her name, Jamie Lee Jones, I think. She was in Iraq and claimed that, that, that a military contractor, um, all, of the, all these men gang-raped her and held her in a shipping container. She was on every morning news TV show. She testified before the Senate. A law was passed in her honor. whole thing turned out to be made up. Yes. And what did you think of the presence of, I mean, something that people are a bit cynical about, and I think I share the cynicism, was the presence of actresses. I can't even remember their name because I'm becoming so old, I can't remember who famous actresses are. <laughs> yeah, I never really knew But there was either. a couple of actresses there, and it was a kind of like almost like a Hollywood thing, right, to be seen at the hearing was a... Yes, I think that is not, not going to help their side. But speaking of helping their side, I mean, I, I sort of imagined if they managed to sink Kavanaugh, which doesn't look like they will that if the Democrats had managed to do that, then I would have thought that actually that would help the Republicans in the midterms, whereas now it might not so much, if they're oh, assuming he's a... Oh, no, I think, I think it would... Well, I think it, it's hard to say. It would depend how... I, I, I think there's a very narrow window, if the Republicans can't get this done, that it still helps them. Conservatives and independents, I think, are really ginned up by the unfairness of this. I have not felt this this sort of rage and people paying attention to things, and even apolitical people are really picking up on the unfairness of this. And so I think that is good. Their side was definitely energized, has been energized since Trump became president. Now the conservative side is definitely energized by what they consider the unfairness. I think it would actually hurt them if Kavanaugh lost because, you know, screw you, Republicans. You got the majority. You got the president. If you can't get this done, um, there are ways, as I've suggested on my Twitter feed, there are ways the Republican majority leader can tell Republicans you're voting for this guy or you're losing all your committee assignments or you are getting zero money for your reelection. There are ways to to pressure even the weak need Republicans. But so far, they seem to be breaking in favor of Kavanaugh anyway. And do you think uh, so? The big heroic moment for the for the right yesterday was Senator Lindsey Lindsey Graham. Based on what I know about him, I'm not a huge fan, but I think he seems to have kind of come out swinging and 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 inspired. Uh, you know, he was he was the the Fox News victor for the night, right? 
Yes, I must say I was stunned by that. I am not a fan of Lindsey Graham's at all on policy. He's he's one of the Republican warmongers, and he's for amnesty for illegal aliens. I don't want him to be attorney general. But at the moment, and and by the way, he is he is he's always taken this position. He was not showboating. He was just as indignant when when, for example, somebody you won't know about, but a wonderful judge, Miguel Estrada, nominated to the D.C. Circuit by George Bush, the Democrats just viciously engaged in character assassination because they knew he'd be he'd be a very likely appointee to the Supreme Court. And as their memos show, they were worried because, oh, he's an Hispanic. We've got to stop him. And, and Graham was furious about that. He also, in his defense, and it kind of annoyed me because as this hearing demonstrates, fair play by Republicans is never rewarded. They're always thinking, oh, well, if we vote for their nominees, they'll have to vote for ours. Well, that has been Lindsey Graham's position, which is why he was saying, yeah, say hello to Sotomayor and Kagan. He voted for these very, very left-wing justices nominated by Democratic presidents on the grounds that, which is perfectly respectable in the abstract, we lost the election. They're not unqualified. I disagree with them, but they're not unqualified. I will vote to confirm. Well, he's not being rewarded for that, which is why some of us <laughs> kind of thought at the time, no, the, the only way they learn is if you pay them back for their bad behavior and not to keep engaging in good behavior, hoping, hoping that will be rewarded. But I, I, he, I think he was genuinely angry, and it expressed what a lot of people like me were feeling at that precise moment. So you think his rage might have been caused by the sort of realisation that partisanship is actually just Republicans doing what Democrats want? Well, I think it was genuine because he has done it before. It's not like he it's not like he hasn't been annoyed by this sort of character assassination in the past. This has always enraged him. He's been playing fair all these years and um yeah, for the first time I loved him. He lost me when he started talking about himself and didn't he say Lindsey Graham says hello? Like whenever someone starts yeah. talking about themselves <laughs> yeah. in the third person, it's a bad sign. But uh, another point that a lot of people are making is that Kavanaugh Sort, sort of lost a bit of his credibility by ranting about the Clintons and the le- and kind of, you know, foaming a bit, and that and that you know that he was trying to appeal to Trump or whatever. It was, it was using a kind of Trumpian tactic. That's yeah, what I think that's kind of a crazy argument. He's been accused of all manner of violent sexual assault, and, they, and then he comes and says. You've destroyed my reputation, and this has nothing. This is just to keep me off the Supreme Court. And then they say, "Oh well, you're you're not showing the proper temperament." Yeah, okay. Well, you know, maybe sometime when you're accused of gang assault throughout the nation for ten days, being unable to respond, see how you respond. No, it was utterly genuine. You could see he has not been sleeping. He's really upset by this. And revenge for the Clintons. It's totally revenge for the Clintons. He was on Ken Starr's impeachment. Well, independent counsel investigation that got Bill Clinton, the first elected president in the United States, ever impeached. Yes, they are furious about that. And after going on about, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. Today, Senator Whitehouse, right? in fact, right before you called, Senator Whitehouse is going on about comparing it to Clinton and Lewinsky. So don't tell me this isn't about the Clintons. No, that is one of the reasons they deeply hate him. And do you think, do you think that the, pub, the American public will be poisoned towards the democrats now do you think do you think it that, that, do you think it's growing or or is there a genuine fear among 
Americans who don't think like you that there's a sort of sinister conservative majority on a court now, on the court, on the Supreme Court, or there's about to be, assuming he's confirmed. I think the only people who will come out of this more anxious to vote for Democrats, or let me say anxious to vote for Democrats, are the ones who were already marching in the pussy hat parades. And with, with anyone who was not in a pussy hat parade, this definitely benefits the Republicans. Well, and we'll leave it there. Thank you very much for talking to us and um, I hope you'll join us again. Thank you very much for listening. Just a reminder that you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes and you can also subscribe to the magazine through our special podcast offer, which is on www.spectators.co.uk forward slash pod offer. And we'll even throw in a spectator moleskin notebook for people who take up that offer. (laughs) 